Hello and welcome to the Surface Tension Podcast. My name is Alex. My co-host over here is Craig. We are going to be exploring deep questions and looking for deep answers to spiritual questions and questions about life in general. We're happy to have you here. And here we go. Hi, welcome to our podcast, Surface Tension. We, we, you know, we're trying to talk about and discuss the things that we feel as we go through our days, our life, right? And the tension that can come from uh, relationships or circumstances, our culture, all of that stuff. And you and I, Alex, are trying to come together and fight the good fight and ask good questions and wrestle with these things so that we, we can get some handholds on moving towards health and life and God. And what a roller coaster it is uh, navigating a spiritually sound walk in this uh, world of ours. I get caught up in the nonsense quite a bit. You know that about me. I kind of oscillate between being in a positive spiritual lane and feeling like I'm really connected with Jesus, really connected with the Father on my way to being the best version uh, of God's vision for me, and then just being swept away into the what feels like a powder keg of a culture where things are kind of crumbling around. Something that I really admire about you, and I have told you this many a time, is your heart-centered questions, your soul-level focus. And I wish I had more of that, but just the way that I'm wired, I'm highly distractible. And I tend to zoom out before I zoom in. So I appreciate the back and forth that we have Mm -hmm. to synthesize that because as a listener, you know the way that you're wired, where your attention goes automatically, and hopefully how to steer that better to where our attention is the most God-centered. And that's that's a challenge. It can be. Yes. And last week I had to tie a rope around your your ankle. You were flying high because you had had some God moments that moved you at a heart and soul level that hadn't happened for a little while. And since part of this podcast has been just trying to capture your journey um, with moving towards the heart of the Father, bring me up to speed. What's the update? What uh, last week you were Gosh, cloud nine, maybe sprinting towards the father's house. Where where are we today? It's a little bit different. I felt like my the texture of my spiritual experience last week was more personal, more scripturally grounded. But this week, the spiritual walk, I've had moments with other people that have been more jumping off the page. If I were to tell a story about last week, it would it would read very differently from from this week. I think I would have different climax points to highlight and yeah, that's just how it goes for me. Yeah, and yet you told me a story as you were coming in the studio about someone you blessed this morning without even having a conversation with him. I loved hearing that story because there's some incredible nuggets there. Why don't you share that? 
Yeah, I was on my way driving over here. Uh, no music, no nothing in the car. I like to have a prayerful drive over to not be anxious or anticipatory about what to say or what's going to happen. Just say, God, I trust that you will bless the podcast and be with Craig and be with me. And I pull up to this stoplight and I look over. And sometimes when I'm doing that in my car, I'm not always in the most God-centered space. I'm looking at a beautiful gal and saying, oh, wow, look at look at uh, God's creation. How about that? But um, I looked over at the car next to me and there was this woman who was in her mid forties and she just had this like tired and frustrated look on her face. And I kept looking, which maybe I shouldn't have, but she let out this exasperated sigh where you could tell she just, it was the physical and breath manifestation of just like, this sucks. Maybe this week, maybe today, maybe just this morning, maybe my whole life feels exhausting and draining. And I'm still looking at her, and like I said to you earlier, when somebody's looking at us, oftentimes we just kind of feel it. And so she ends up looking over at me, and I just have this lightness to me this morning that I was blessed with. And I have a smile on my face, and she looks at me, has a deep scowl on her face, not ready to engage with anybody or anything. And I smile at her and I just wave at her and give her a thumbs up. And she has this look on her face that's just kind of stunned. Like she doesn't quite know what to make of it. Like why is this random stranger smiling and waving at me? And then she kind of shrugs her shoulders, taps her watch, saying, I'm late to get somewhere. Light turns green. I smile big at her again and wave, and then she cracks a smile and waves back, and I was off on my way here, and I think that was a small thing that changed the entire tone of her morning, her day. It's the little things. That's where the Holy Spirit, that's where God shows up, not in the earthquakes, but in the whispers, right? So... Yeah, that just, it felt really good to connect with somebody non-verbally who was going through it and reminded me that we can, we can bless people. We have so many opportunities to bless people. If you look around and you see how tired and anxious and destroyed so many people are, that's also a great opportunity for us because, you know, we're just, it's layups. The, the lane is open for all of us at any given time to see somebody to recognize that they're not feeling their best and then to just connect with them, even non-verbally, a smile, a high five, a wave, maybe a conversation, but you know, those little things can, can really add up. Yeah. What, so what do you think now that woman's day is probably going to be changed without her even knowing that you were probably a conduit of God (laughs) for that, which I think is so cool. She's not going to drive away from that and go, you know what? I really am loved and valued, right? But what did she experience without words, with just nonverbals? What did you communicate to her? 
a little bit of joy. She has no idea what's going on with me. I don't have a concrete idea of what's going on with her. But it was just a, a shadow of possibility that like, wait a second, there's still good things going on in this, this world. Even before joy, what else? What other message did she get from you? What are you seeing? What are you picking up off of that? She she was noticed. Someone noticed her. Step one. Sometimes we are moving through this life just craving someone to know. Does anyone know I'm here? Does anyone know I'm hurting, which to me is the step two, is you just didn't notice her as a person. You noticed her emotional state, which I think is super cool. You cared about that enough to communicate, hey, I see where you are and I I think it's going to be okay. And what powerful messages you were able to communicate to her Hey, you, I, I noticed you. you. You matter. In fact, not only you matter as a person, but where you're at today, your anxiety, your stress, it, I, that, that matters too because that's what you're facing right now. I don't know what you're coming from. Maybe you're driving away from a meeting where you just separated from your husband. Maybe you're driving to a meeting where you're going to need to fire someone or get fired. I have no idea. But where you are at matters. I think those are beautiful things. And you're your smile and your wave communicated joy and probably some hope too. It's probably not always going to be this way. It's not. And like I said, I don't think she's going to deconstruct it that way. <laughs> she's not probably not going to pull out her journal at lunch and say, here's what a man did for me at an intersection. But yet that's the subterranean impact that's going to happen in her. A lot of people don't recognize the pervasiveness of and the complexity of people's suffering. I think I put myself through quite a bit of uh, self-flagellation and isolation, so I know what it feels like to isolate, to not be known, and not even give people an opportunity to notice me. I think a lot of people have gotten pretty good at hiding the way that they're feeling, but I think I have allowed myself in the recent past to be noticed a little bit more uh, by God in that isolation, turning it into solitude uh, and togetherness with God. And the best thing that I can do in feeling that is to try to pay it forward and you're totally dead on. Most people might not be able to turn that moment into an essay on spirituality. That probably not, but we've been given great gifts, not always in a uniform way, not all at the times that we want them, but it's important to recognize those gifts that we've, been given, have gratitude for them, and then allow those gifts to flow through us. Right. So Alex is sitting in his car. 
tormented by the chaos of the world, his newfound leaning into the heart of the Father. And he looks left and he notices Jesus in the car next to him. And you can tell someone's staring at you and you <laughs> look over and you see Jesus is looking at you. What happens then? Hopefully the same thing. Hopefully the same thing. Hopefully, quick little reminder. What do you think most people would expect? They're preoccupied. They're discouraged. They're distracted. They may be depressed. They may be despondent. I don't know. They look over, notice someone staring at them, look over, see Jesus staring at them. What do you think most people would expect to get from the car next door? That depends on the relationship with Jesus, certainly. But you have something brewing in your mind. No, what do I you don't think? Know. It's just an assumption. It's a hypothesis. I, I'm, my guess is most people would think he may have a furrowed brow. Why are you worrying? Why are you so disconcerted? <laughs> what, what's wrong with you? Get your act together. Don't you know I died for your sins? Yeah. Why don't you act like it? Really? And then you're worried about the rising cost of coffee and Chick-fil-A? Really? Okay. <laughs> so Sure. And what you gave that woman is, I do believe something that Jesus would give us too. I think he would. He would meet, and he would probably look in your eyes so deeply when such penetration that you feel like he's staring at your soul, right? I see you. I understand you. I made you. I love you. This just makes me think, this is 10 seconds that I would define as like the highlight of my whole week. Yeah. Like yeah. a 10 second so God, good. a 10 second God moment, a 10 second authentic connection overshadows so much stuff that I've been focused on this week. I've been reading so much about stuff going on in the world and, you know, writing down plenty of things and trying to come up with ideas of ah, how do we make the world a better place? What's going on in the politosphere? What's happening in American culture? I need to sort through this and synthesize solutions for all this. But how funny is that, that it just pales in comparison to 10 seconds. I spent hours working on other things. Mm. But an authentic God moment yeah. holds so much more weight than what I might place importance on. And it's not to say that the stuff that I'm working on at other times is entirely pointless, right? right. Absolutely. But it's amazing how God moments carry a lot of weight and should be the things that we look to as our highlight reel. Yes. I I think that is so wonderful. And and if our audience now if we were to shift and tell our audience, okay, so now every person you see today do this. If we were to give them a script, do you think that would help? 
Stare at the person next to you. Smile, wave. Show them your teeth. <laughs> Is that going to have a positive impact? No, it's playing a role, right? That's that's acting. That's not being, right? right? That's And that's not what we're supposed to do. So the best thing we can probably do is say, let's get that 10 second experience with Jesus so that we're not acting. We're actually being transformed by a love that we have shared and are just funneling through the people around us. Well, my morning started off with coffee and gratitude, and I'm trying to be more purposeful about Good for you. gratitude in my prayer because that totally paints my day differently than if I fire up, you know, news sites, Twitter, any form of social media, anything like that, where it's an immediate bombardment of information that's either negative or just noise. Maybe it's reasonably trivial. But if I start the day with gratitude, that's waking up on the right side of the bed. The right side of the bed is gratitude towards God. And there would be many a morning I could point to over the past couple months. I would not have had this exchange with this gal, if the same conditions presented themselves, are you kidding? I would have been very internally focused, navigating the ins and outs of my own personal world or circumstances beyond my control. And I just wouldn't have had the space. And so gratitude kind of created that opening. And I'm trying to be better. That's so good. But to go back to last week, I also said a prayer of gratitude before bed last night, and that's like kind of a newer habit for me. I'm trying to develop healthier spiritual habits, but to go off of what I was saying in uh, last week's episode, as the prodigal, at the very least, I need to go to bed and wake up on the ranch, in the house with the father. Yes. You need to be close enough that you can turn your shoulder and see the look in his eyes and see the smile on his face. Yeah. It's, to me, it's so interesting how even our drive away is going to be different. If, if, we, if you were just acting and just play acting and trying to, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. I'm supposed to look at the people next to me at a stoplight and wave and smile and try to communicate to them that they're valuable. If you had somehow succeeded as you did this with this woman, you would drive down that street thinking to yourself, gosh, I am amazing. Look at me. I was able to change that woman's life, right? Look what I did. But if we realize he is the source of that peace, he is the source of that joy, he is the source of that value that I experienced and then passed on, then you drive down the street and say, God, thank you for using me. Thank you for that. And it's our attention is redirected back to him in gratitude rather than inward towards ourself in this self-celebratory, hey, look at what a great, I, I need the blue ribbon for that. Man, I changed that woman. My, my good deed for the day is done. 
Yeah, I don't know if I can... I cannot fake my spiritual... It's a gift, I suppose. But I'm I, thankful for that. I'm thankful that I can know when you walk into the studio, I know exactly how you're doing spiritually. Yeah, it's if I'm not in a good spiritual lane, I cannot fake it. And that's a tremendous gift. Yeah. It's not fun to not be in a positive spiritual space. Yes. But I would prefer to be authentically in a space of negativity to find the lessons, find the questions, explore how to draw nearer to the Father rather than just show up with duct tape all over uh, my face <laughs> and say, everything's fine. Everything's fine. You know, I think I'm just seeing something I want to affirm in you. Um, I mentioned a short while ago, Joy and Peace, and uh, there was a guy named Tim Hansel wrote a book um about choosing joy. And he made a comment that I think I've shared in a past episode where he said, um, joy and peace are related. It's the same thing. He said, joy joy is peace sitting or dancing and peace is joy sitting. And I I love that. Joy is peace dancing and peace is joy sitting. And from what I know about you, last week you were, your joy meter was a 10, which is fantastic, which also meant your peace meter was a 10 and that felt really good you felt like you were in the pocket i'm in the right lane i'm exactly where i need to be and it's interesting just as an observation that i think this week your peace meter is at a a nine or a ten but your your experience your felt experience of joy isn't as high but you're in that same place and it, it there's something that feels off about that even though there's this beautiful god peace in your heart and in your soul, because there's not this dancing feeling in your soul, you feel like, oh, I wonder if everything is okay. But peace is still in the house. Father's still in your house. You're still in the Father's house. My spiritual life is not all um, the playing of the same note, right? It is a sometimes chaotic melody or highly complex Thank you for recognizing that. Um, yeah, a lot of the spiritual places, I would say that uh, to which I venture, they don't all look or sound the same, but they rhyme. Hopefully, yeah. that's. I hope that that is what shows up as a metric of or a marker, a signpost towards spiritual progress is even though these don't look the same or sound the same, and this might yes. look like a backslide, there is, in fact, a consistency that if we're looking at things correctly, oh, there is some there is some growth yeah. that's happening there. So thank you for recognizing that. Yeah. And, and continually, even before we started recording, we kept talking about what's going to draw us closer to the heart of the Father. What's going to draw us closer? What choice can I make that's going to get me closer to the heart of the Father? What discipline can I do that's going to get us closer to the What topic can we discuss? What questions? You and I, we're blessed this morning to realize some of our questions take us inward in the self-reflection that's not necessarily healthy. But other questions actually take us 
outward into the heart of the Father, and we have to be so careful even of the questions we are asking ourselves. Well, I want to just go back and highlight one of what I would qualify as one of the greatest things that anyone has ever said to me, uh, and this is something you said to me early on in our friendship when we were having coffee, and I want people to really, really internalize this as a spiritually elevating and refining practice. I asked you a question, and you said, that's a great question. How can we make it even better? That's a great question. How can we make it even better? Now, there's a lot of amazing things that happen in a very short time period with that. And this can be, ha- this is a question that you can have in a conversation that's already spiritual or not so much. It's beautiful, but you're validating the first question and saying, that's really good. I like what, I like what you're doing. How can we, okay, now this is, now we're aligned in purpose and how can we take this and explore space that might be even more profound, meaningful, and uh, connecting? It's so, it's what an amazing call out you made. So I, I think it's more challenging to do that with our own questions that are happening in our own internal monologue, right? Because we can snowball in the wrong direction real quick just negative question after negative question, all of a sudden you're spiraling in some kind of space that God doesn't really want you to be in. That's more of the enemy's turf is, oh, let me send Craig down a negative question alley and yes. see if he yes. ends up in the dumpster. Ha yes. ha ha. Yes. So when we're having this negative internal discussion with questions that are bringing us to the wrong place, what do you do? What's your strategy? Well, thank you for that. And I'll just shoot from the hip and I'll say, um, I try to do my best just to bring Jesus into that moment and try to invite him to tell me what he sees. <laughs> Help me learn how to ask the right question of a moment. And I know you know this about me. I'm so firmly committed to the belief that, boy, if if God can somehow give me the right question, it can at least move me in the right direction. It might ma- not make me feel like uh, a million bucks or everything is great, but it will move me in a better direction. And I actually try to write those down as often as possible to revisit those because I, to me, I think it's almost an abuse of, of God for him to give us a precious question or a precious thought or nugget and not to capture it and put it in a place where we can revisit it. And so I put it in my memos on my phone. I write the question down. I write the circumstance down so that when I feel that way again tomorrow or this weekend or next week, I am not necessarily going to go, oh, yeah, God showed up last week and gave me this question, but I know how to find that. I know how to access once again what he gave me yesterday or last week or last year. And I feel so blessed by that because I have years of God whispering and nudging 
me in certain circumstances in healthier ways. And and I write it down and I put a date and I will look back in my memos and go, wow, that was 2018 when he gave me that nugget. And it's still just as fresh and still powerful. Thank you, God, for that. Well, I love that. And that's something that I know you have done for a long time and I'm trying to be more purposeful about writing things down as well. There've been times when I've been better at that and totally neglectful of that. But a disorganized mind can certainly get in the way of having a God-centered spirit and helping organize your mind through journaling, especially spiritual thoughts and challenging thoughts and challenging negative thoughts that are arising. That allows us a more clear path of pursuit, right? That's something that I know about you is that you have a much more organized mind and spirit than I do. And you have mechanisms that's, that's not something that you possess as a character trait that's inaccessible and it's only something that Craig Morris has. Yeah. It's yep. a series of habits. It's yeah. deliberate. It's yep. persistent. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I need to get better at. And I'm still growing in that area, which is so cool because now all of a sudden uh, the time frame starts shortening between my dysregulation and a question and God showing up in that moment. And sometimes I don't even need to go to my phone because the Holy Spirit's like, hey, remember? Sometimes it's just as simple as him reminding me, what, what's your mission here? What, what is your mission here? What, if I'm on the right mission in most places, things are good. Circumstances don't have to be good. My feelings don't have to be good, but things are good at a soul level because I'm on mission. If I'm loving someone and they're still railing on me and hating me, I can still smile and be like, well, that's too bad. I I expected something a little different here, but God is good and I'm on the mission that he wants me to be on to love this person, to bless this person. And I'm going to keep doing that. And I just have to say, I I am so thankful for the way that God has given me more of his persevering love. Because recently I've had some people that have done some dastardly things to me. (laughs) And, And five years ago, I would have written them off or worse yet, tried to somehow exact pain or revenge upon them. Mm -hmm. And God is giving me this love and patience and tolerance for broken people behaving in broken ways that I'm so thankful for. It is just such a blessing. And it's startling to people when they know they're broken and they purposefully did something dastardly to me and I'm still smiling and loving them. I can see their wires frying in their brain <laughs> and that's not why I'm doing it. 
But I'm just thankful. And I hope that continues. I hope God continues to fan that into flame because there's some some beauty of being part of not just receiving God's love, but passing God's love on to the people around us. I'm amazed that people are able to navigate the world in which we live at all. Believers, non-believers. And I need to constantly remind myself that this is a challenging space to navigate the technology, the cultural nonsense, the economic nonsense, the relational nonsense. It's tough right now. Yes, it is. Let's not pretend that it's not. Yeah. And knowing what we know about that, I think we can give other people and sometimes even ourselves a bit of a break. God gives us a break all the time. I have not been great about navigating this crazy world that is so fear-driven and greedy and angry and spiteful and full of trickery. Yeah. I haven't always been good at that. And that is such an important topic. Maybe we should um, do our next podcast on that. We'll kick kick that and do a little teaser our next podcast wrestling with this very thing of how we can navigate some of that. Yeah, why not? We've explored some awesome areas. Alex, once again, I thank you for your heart. Thank you for your authenticity that is such a blessing. You're willing to share things about your journey um, that a lot of us might not be because you're taking risks of courage of just saying, boy, I'm just going to be who I am because if I'm someone else, (laughs) what a waste of time. And so thank you. I just want to affirm that and say thank you for that and what you bring to me and what you bring to our audience. And thank you for listening to our podcast today. Once again, I want to say thank you to the people at Go Ministry International. They're supporting our podcast because they believe in the movement of what God is doing in the world and in part through this podcast. So thank you for listening. And we give a shout out to them and a thank you. And please join us in our next podcast because I think it's going to be a good one. Have a great day.